Nancy. Hi, Meg. Want to talk about coaching? Sure, Meg. Jump in. Welcome to Clarity Call with Meg Kirstead and Nancy Sun. A conversation between coaches about coaching. Join us as we examine all the thoughts and questions we have about coaching and coaching culture in our quest to become better coaches. Spoiler alert, we are two human beings with human brains making this up as we go along. So we invite you to use your being and your brain while you listen in. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Meg. How are you doing? I'm, I'm actually having a really good day today. A day full of breakthroughs and all sorts of fun things. But what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you're having a good day. We're actually talking about positivity, particularly like toxic positivity or how positivity and positive emotions are talked about in the coaching space. Ah, yes. So, you know, think good thoughts and all the good things will come to you, which is kind of like love. Is it like kind of law of attraction stuff maybe, which is the idea that the energy vibration you put out is what you attract in your life? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be one example of that. Yeah. So I know, I believe this precedes what made law of attraction in vogue, but there is a book called creative visualization by Shakti Gawad. And there are a lot of, I would say, coaches, healers, self-development people who are in this conversation about like, think good thoughts, feel good feelings. And if you think good thoughts and feel good feelings, that is the first and most important step to calling in what you want. Mm. So I think one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today was, you know, just questioning whether or not this is an attitude that we want to adopt as coaches. And, And in particular, questioning how focusing on, say, positive things is maybe diminishing some of the parts of, of being a human that are super important or, or even what are we not thinking through when we're like, think happy thoughts. I mean, that's Peter Pan. You fly by thinking happy thoughts. I know one thing, I think the reason we, we originally were going to go down this path was you, you had this realization or at least this insight around some of the Christian religions and how they view, you know, positive Actions, thoughts, I don't know. Tell me more. Okay. So this is a incomplete investigation and simply like an ongoing inquiry into how like Western or Christian religious thoughts may be creeping into, or like, I guess, like, let's just say vaguely say like modern spirituality, right? As we know and consume it in the West has been like creeping into the coaching space. And I say this because I have been listening to a podcast. It was an MLM mini series and MLM stands for multi-level marketing. And in the series, they talked about how a lot of MLM companies who have a lot of 
clients, customers, business people, right? The people that they recruit into their company, for them, they use a lot of religious rhetoric to recruit them. Or it's very easy because there is an alignment between the way they speak and participate. And it made me realize that there are a lot of parallels in terms of the way that coaches speak and the way that MLMs recruit. I will be honest, I know that that is like a flashpoint in like the pop culture discourse. Personally, I don't have enough information to make a call about multi-level marketing. However, it did make me pause on like, hey, like there's a lot of like morality that is tied into goal setting or getting your goals, or if you have financial goals, particularly as it is practiced in coaching. Like if you think good thoughts and then feel good feelings that will compel you to do good things and have good results. So it puts this very like linear, very high stakes, perfectionist, like positive pressure on what we want to make happen. And it puts a lot of moral pressure. Like if you do not create the result you want, it's because you were doing bad actions or you were feeling bad feelings and you were thinking bad thoughts. And something that really irked me was this like value that we were putting on things that we think. And there was like a value that we're putting on like good feelings and bad feelings and like goal getting feelings and like goal negating feelings. And I believe that Meg and I both think that quote unquote negative and quote unquote positive feelings are both a part of the human experience. Even if we sometimes don't want them to be, we kind of have to accept that they are, <laughs> um, which, which is fascinating. And I think it is pretty easy, certainly for me to see how, um, you know, certainly Christian and I can't speak as fluently about other religions because I grew up in American, boy, are we a Christian country, how Christianity might be one of the threads that has created this because there's this whole idea of sin and there are certain things that you are supposed to do and not do some of which are thoughts i believe i don't know which commandments are which but you know there's like thou shalt not covet thy neighbor which is a thought you know that's actually a thought thou shalt not worship any other god but me you know that's that's actually a thought and that literally affects whether or not you get into heaven i know we're not getting into like new testament you know jesus absorbed all our sins and stuff but but that rhetoric exists um and certainly like the idea of sin and like doing something wrong keeping you out of literal paradise is a thing like you can fuck up and think bad things and end up in a bad place like the bad place and the way it affects coaching is a lot of people whether you're religious or not don't necessarily want to wait for the afterlife to have the life they want right yeah I sure hope most people don't like I mean we want things now we want you know 
the good, happy heaven on earth kind of deal. Yeah. And so I think part of it was like, that maybe how that rhetoric creeps in is like, great. Like, how can we create our heaven on earth now? And then maybe that's the reason why a lot of this like rhetoric has been like bleeding into the self-development space, which is great. If we want faster results than the afterlife and to experience heaven on earth now, then if we're allowing these spiritual credits to transfer, that means like we got to think good thoughts, feel good feelings to create good actions, to create good results, the life we want ASAP. And I think then it also includes the flip side of like, if you aren't getting the things you want, and if you don't have heaven on earth, if you don't have all the things, it's your fault for not thinking the right thoughts or feeling the right thing. We do talk a lot about personal responsibility in coaching, but there is also this layer of societal, you know, circumstances that affect us that that we do have to at least acknowledge. <laughs> like, as it turns out, blaming people for the color of their skin and like racism in society is not one of those things that I feel like I'm so, super comfortable with. Yeah, or like socioeconomically, right? Because you're like, how come X person was able to quote unquote, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, uh, you know, move their socioeconomic status versus another person. And we might be putting a moral qualifier on that. And we see that discourse playing out politically on top of which there is also the implicit assumption that like, if you were born into better or more privileged circumstances, then there's also like a moral value put on that, which is like, oh, they must be better people. Right. Do we really think Jeff Bezos thinks really, really good, pure, positive, happy, nice thoughts? I don't think so. Yeah. So there's this correlation between like who you are in in society and the like emotions you feel and the thoughts you think and correlating them in a way that doesn't acknowledge that it's a bit messier than that. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic because like, this is the discourse that's happening in coaching. And ironically, we're, we're pointing to some like religious interpolations that are happening, but like in religion, isn't it like harder for a wealthy person to enter heaven? I think it depends on which particular flavor. Yeah, but I just think it's interesting about how even the sources of inspiration have some incongruity to them. I think the reason why I was really interested in this is because on top of the morality that is put on top of this, it also encourages a kind of perfectionism where I think a a lot of the clients that I have sometimes get stopped because they're like, they, their, their belief isn't perfect or their emotions aren't perfect. And so it stops them from being in action and creating any results because they're constantly just uh, buffering and shining and revising their thoughts, trying to decide if it is creating a better feeling. Yeah. 
I actually have a really good example of this. I, I was on with a client um, and recently she learned of uh, her partner had some pretty serious health problems. And she was telling me, you know, about how she was feeling really exhausted and tired and drained and, you know, wanted to change it. And I'm like, totally reasonable and normal and human to feel exhausted when someone you love has gotten a serious health diagnosis. So like, that's how the perfectionism sh shows up. I think like wanting the bad feelings to not happen because we have these expectations for ourselves around, like we should only have these feelings and these thoughts. So like the fact that I'm not having these feelings and thoughts right now means there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And that's something that I see a lot too. Cleanliness is next to godliness, right? So you want to like clean out all of your bad thoughts. And so I have a lot of clients who kind of do like mind scans and then they're scanning for the one like negative limiting thought in their brain and want to like coach on that until it is gone. And the way that I pointed out is like, hey, like maybe we don't need to both sides your brain. We don't need fair and balanced journalism where just because, <laughs> right, like this many people believe something, like we can even do something like vaccines, right? I think they say two thirds of US Americans are vaccinated, believe vaccines, all that good stuff. And it's only like one third who are maybe unvaxxed or don't believe who are anti-vaxxers, right? At least skeptic. Skeptic, right? And in a lot of news articles, Sometimes they will try to be fair and balanced and objective and give both parties equal real estate. Or a lot of journalists will lead with the one third statistic because it kind of creates a sense of drama, conflict, danger, etc. And it's just like, what conversation could we be having if we just allowed and accepted that like two thirds of Americans, or in this case, this is a metaphor. So two thirds of your brain was enough of a majority rule to just start getting in action. Or I think the ability to hold space for the fact that one third of your brain is one way and two thirds of your brain is another way and like letting that be okay too. Like holding the paradox that like you might actually believe two entirely contradictory things in that like, that's okay. That's human. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to change anything. Yeah. And the thing that I point out is what normally happens in these coaching conversations is that I will say that that one third is like filibustering, <laughs> right? Because now the coaching conversation, all the action to your, on your goal is stopped because you were trying to resolve, win over, not have your brain just be a democracy with a diversity of opinion, but you really want like a hundred percent on board before you will allow yourself to do anything. And so all of a sudden, all of your time, thought, energy, and resources is going to managing a minority of your brain. And that keeps you from actually going out and doing the things that you want to do. Um, so Ironically, the heaven that you are seeking is farther away because essentially you're being 
perfectionist about having the good thoughts that will get you there. That makes sense. Yeah. And what we also pointed out to was there are a lot of people who have the results that you want, who may not have a perfectly managed mind, or if we're putting like a moral or value judgment, may not be the kind of people where you think they think good thoughts, have good feelings, then do good actions. And that's why they are rich, famous, successful, fill in the blank. Which I don't know which one of the coaches we share says this, but like maybe might be Simone. I'm sorry if I misattribute, but you can make millions of dollars with a half-managed mind. That is both Simone and possibly Kara as well. Like you'd be surprised how much you can get done with a half-managed mind. Yeah. And it's and it's entirely true. You know, this gets reiterated in, in coaching certainly a lot to me. And certainly <laughs> I try to reiterate it to my clients where like I am a mess like half the time. And I think all sorts of really quote unquote bad thoughts about me and my business and my future. And I've still made lots of money. I've still helped a fuck ton of people too. So like you really can do stuff even when you quote have bad thoughts and we are using the bat. You can't see the bunny quotes, but I'm using bunny quotes because there are no good or bad thoughts. That's the other thing. Yeah. (laughs) There just are no good or bad thoughts. And the thing is, is we're bringing this into the awareness, not to disparage or poo-poo like this particular thought model, but we just want to bring an additional other layer to it, which is what is our relationship to this model, right? To this concept that could use a little bit more nuance, which allows for the human experience And part of that is, is I think a lot about decoupling morality, good, bad, black, white thinking from how this works. There's only like things that might serve your goal and things that don't, (laughs) which is maybe a lot more neutral than putting something incredibly high stakes, like your well-being, your value, your worth, your morality on the line and then having that be contingent on whether or not you get your external result that you're playing for. And I think also just building awareness around the thoughts you are thinking about your thoughts, regardless of what coaching model you sort of ascribe to, prescribe to, whatever. You know, you're probably examining the stuff that's going on in your brain. Are you having serious judgments about the thoughts or are you just saying, oh, that's a thought. Like that's a very neutral way to sort of look at what's happening in your brain or or a way I like to put it to my clients. It's just a bunch of electrons and, you know, signals bouncing around in your head. That's a very neutral way. Whereas if you look at a thought and are like, oh man, that's a fucked up thought. Yeah. By the way, that's going to happen. You know, you're going to do that, but like, just also notice like when you are sort of attaching morality to, to your thoughts. So like, build the meta level awareness of the sort of observer of your thoughts that, you know, detaches from like judging them. Yeah. So the way that I hear it is like, who are you being with your thoughts and are you weaponizing them against yourself, which like might happen when you're in a lot of binary thinking, 
because then you're going to be like, this is the binary. <laughs> which side is this thought and which side am I? Which is going to perhaps impact you because as a human, you know, as Walt Whitman says, you're large, you might contradict yourself, you contain multitudes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. By the way, I had that quote on my dating profile for a very long time. I don't have a dating profile at the moment, but it probably still would be there because it feels so very true Um, because I do contain multitudes, as do we all. Yeah. So is there anything else that we recommend for coaches or people self-coaching in the event that they identify or fall into this trap? And just to normalize this experience, the only reason why I can speak for myself and Meg may as well speak for herself, but the reason why I bring this up and I can talk about it is because I fall into this trap. I do this. And so for me, it was such an important lesson to unlearn that like this particular way of like incredibly linear, narrow thinking. And which is why I wanted to share it with you. But is there anything else we recommend? Just an interesting exercise to try out is also if you have things that you're noticing you identify as like bad thoughts or bad emotions, try thinking about how they might actually be serving you. Because just that, like doing that exercise will start showing you that like aren't good or bad thoughts. Sometimes like things that we think of as bad are actually helping us in some way. And a lot of times they are, they're protective or, you know, provide us comfort. So like, if you can start sort of questioning the bad thoughts and really like thinking, oh, maybe this is something that's useful, then you'll disentangle the sort of like bad versus useful concept in your head. I think that one's, that one's fun to play with a little bit. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of sometimes you'll hear people refer to their brain in a bit of an, a me versus them. (laughs) Right. And it's like your brain just wants to help you. It may have developed some bad maladaptive helping strategies along the way, but ultimately you're all a part of the same body system and all a part of the same team. And so like, I think what you're saying at some point that thought was useful to you, which is why your brain kept it. And so can we get curious from a neutral place on what your brain gets from thinking that thought, understanding their perspective, having a little bit of empathy and compassion for ourselves, and then making a choice about what we want to do with that information. I love it. Cool. Once again, you said it better than I could. It's okay. You had the idea in the first place, so... That that is my role. I'm the idea generator and then other people go and like make it actually useful. So yeah. All right. So I think we covered that topic pretty well. We can move into our what we're loving at the moment segment. What are you loving at the moment? I'm loving my, my electrolytes, which is a, 
very specific thing. For those of you who aren't familiar with me and my like deal, one of the things that I struggle with is chronic pain, in particular chronic migraines. And um, we actually know surprisingly little about migraines. The one thing we do know is it tends to be like electrical signals in your brain. It's actually closer to a seizure than a headache. So one of the theories, or at least one of the things that they think is true is that essentially you need more, you know, minerals of certain types and essentially things that interact with the electricity in your brain. So one of the things that I really have been trying to do lately is be drinking electrolytes constantly. And I've really noticed that it's definitely helped my pain overall, helped my energy, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't even know what brand I use, but I use like a zero calorie, like fruity, you know, good for you kind of thing. So you just add it to your water and you drink it. So um, dehydration also really a thing. I think I talked about my water bottle in another episode because this is, this is the theme. Um, water, sleep, and food, like those end up being the things that actually matter. So, yeah, I also love this from a coaching perspective as well, because we talk a lot about maybe mind to body, right? Like thoughts into action. And we're all, we, we forget that like part of our brain is about processing external inputs. And so I love how you're like, Hey, I let my body impact my brain the way I let my brain impact my body, like electrolytes work, <laughs> like different external inputs also have an impact on my well-being. And, and how you think. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole separate episode. Maybe, maybe that's what we'll do if we do another season, what the mind body connection is a whole big one. I've been like going deep in that. So um, turns out your, your mind is not actually separate from your body. Spoiler. Yeah, it's, it's one of many organs. So I have like a quasi related thing that I'm loving. So listeners may or may not know, depending on whether they follow me, which is I'm currently pregnant, which also means that I am reading a lot of like child development books, like parenting books development, like that are influenced by like developmental psychology, et cetera. And it's been like super helpful for my coaching practice because it's like, oh, this is how children are being reared, or this is the suggestion of how kids can be reared so that this way they can become like healthy, secure adults. And Like what I'm learning from these books is that a lot of what they say can easily be applied to an adult brain. I'm not at all surprised, not even a little bit surprised that, that turns out child psychology is not all that different from adult psychology. Yeah. And a lot of it is also just like, I feel like a lot of what coaching is, is reparenting. Like how can you reparent yourself? to rewire your brain in ways that might not have worked because you were young, because you, you know, you didn't have any control over your inputs, uh, because like your brain wasn't fully developed. So like, just to give a takeaway. So I'll just give two books that I am reading or have read. One is the self-confident baby. And one is called bringing up baby, which is like a French perspective on child rearing from an American 
who is living in France. Those two books are actually pretty complementary because a lot of their ethos is, hey, our job and responsibility as parents is to support our child learning how to take care of themselves, particularly have them learn how to soothe themselves, regulate their own emotions, and communicate their needs. And it's pretty mind-blowing because I think a lot of the work that Meg and I have discussed is like, hey, how can we be with ourselves and how can we be with our emotions and how can we give ourselves what we want in like this 21st century world, right? Um, But it's so much on like a smaller, more manageable level that I find much easier to apply than like some of the other books I've read, which can be a little overwhelming because there's a lot, there's a, you know, as an adult, there's a lot more context. So it's great to have something that's incredibly minimal in scope. Yeah. This, This feels like such a beautiful and appropriate way to close the first season of Clarity Call because this is the last episode we're recording. Hopefully all of y'all have gotten a lot out of it and asked yourself a lot of interesting questions. And certainly we want to hear from you. If you loved what we've been doing, let us know because then maybe we'll do another season and then another season. But definitely, definitely open a dialogue. This is just us having some conversations. So we want to have more conversations with you too. Yeah, our DMs are open. Yes, they are. So we wish you lots of coaching, not clarity. We wish you lots of coaching ambiguity and complicatedness and complexity and all of those fun things. Because we know you can handle it. Oh, yes. Thanks for joining us with Clarity Call. Want to take this conversation about coaching online? We'd really love to hear from you. So you should reach out to us on social media. You can reach out to me, Nancy. I am a coach for creatives. I help you create the art, money, and impact you want. You can find me on Instagram at TheNancySun. And if you want to connect with me, Meg Kirstead, um, you can also find me on Instagram at Meg Kirstead, and that's spelled K-I-E-R-S-T-E-A-D. I help ADHDers and other neurodivergent badasses redesign their work and lives to fit with their unique brains. And I also have an incredible community called the Black Sheep Playground, which is the best place in the entire world for you to come and play if you have ADHD. Great. You can find our Instagram handles in the show notes. So feel free to give us a follow. Until next time.